Welcome to the second episode of Demol Belgium Greece recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as always is the Canadian who tells me every single podcast that Gilles is very handsome, Logan Saunders. Good Morgan. Good Morgan. <laughs> and I'm going to start with this now. I think this is the best episode we've podcasted about for about two years' time because this was amazing. I can't believe they took something from Super Mario 64 and made it into a challenge. I can't believe they did the Shoshaloza challenge again, which is one of my favourite challenges of South Africa. Just with dancing instead of singing. Yeah, it's so good! I love this show! Like, the, the subtitles came out last night, and it was about half eleven at night. I probably should have gone to bed by that point, but I got about five minutes into this episode and went, yeah, I'm staying up late for this. This is amazing. I want to keep watching this. They invented their own board game just for this challenge. This is the sort of episode where you show it to people who go, nah, Demol Belgi can't be as good as Vidim. Demol Belgi is Vidim on crack cocaine with better production values, despite the fact it's got about a third of the budget. I just don't know how they managed to do so well out of so little. Smaller staff? And they don't have celebrities to pay for an appearance fee? Well, yeah, but like just the care and attention that they show to this this show is amazing. Just like the care and attention that uh, Els put into describing the couple at the wedding. The complete kind of vagueness. <laughs> Blonde hair, she's a woman, um, she's wearing nice clothes. She looks like she might be wearing a dress. She's standing next to a man. I hope that narrows it down for you for the cake. Yeah, hang up now. <laughs> Hanging up now, gotta shatter some glasses, gotta kill two challenges with one stone. This show, like, I was just sending messages to our group chat yesterday just going, this show, this fucking show. So, previously, everyone made a deal with the mole a month before flying to Greece, but Bart took the first exemption home with his bid of 10,200 euros. Gilles' selfless bid of 0 euros made the first challenge easier for him, but thanks to Bart's bid, they stayed in the red even when they won both challenges. After flying high over the Greek islands, everyone's spirits were up, but at the execution, it was contestant Gilles who was the first to fall foul of the mole and was sent home. However, Papa Bear Gilles de Costa dropped a bombshell by presenting them with Pandora's box. And if nobody opens Pandora's box, they earn 2,000 euros for the pot. However, if they do, it will have dire consequences. And we totally called what would happen with Pandora's box. I know, as soon as Jill opened it up at the end of the episode and started pulling out the name cards, I'm like, frigging knew it! <laughs> no, it just, it's just Bruno, he's like, Bruno, and, that, and that's it, he's the mole, I told you the mole's name was in the box. Did you think I would seriously trick you? I'm Papa Virgil de Costa, I don't do tricks. I do illusions at worst. <laughs> so the opening quote is, And Pandora opened the box, and evil spread around the world because they are leaning heavily into the Greek theme this season, and we seem to be getting some sort of Greek myth every week now, because we started with Alpha, It Begins last week, then we got Pandora's Box, next week is the Minotaur, which I cannot wait for already, because that challenge looks bonkers. Isn't the Minotaur, isn't that uh, Bruno from the Argentina season? Yes, yes it is. So the box is securely locked, and is only opened between 4am and 6am. And everyone says they're not interested in opening it. They consider opening it as a group, but Els says the consequences will be dire for everyone, so no, we're not opening it. 
and they realise that as they're spread amongst five rooms, one person will be alone all night, and Salim refuses to say that he will not open the box. And Elsie's volunteered to sleep alone, and she says she will sit there at 4am and make sure no one can open it. So the rooms are Elsa on her own, Alina and Doreen, Bruno and Salim, Christian and Bart, and Julien and Laura. The box opens at 4am and someone steps out of their room, but of course we can't find out who just yet. Yeah, everyone says they, they promise not to open the box, however they are more than interested to sit down underneath it for several hours. Just play card games. Yeah, Uno. Does anyone have a... What's that French card game with the car? Mills... Millsborn? Milyushka? No, no, that's a Dutch mall contestant. Millborns? I don't know. I don't play card games, as you might guess. Best I do is Cards Against Humanity. See, I've done, like... Played tons of card games growing up, plus I've played Spanish cards. True, but, but also they didn't have electricity in uh, Canada until 1995, so that explains a lot. Yeah, Millborns, yeah. I have never That's heard of that. Game. Yeah, actually, it was one of those games that came in the cereal boxes on the CDs that they did back in the early 2000s, where it was like Clue, Monopoly, Life. They did a whole bunch of them, and one of them was Millborns. And the host, the vo- the voice, who did the ho- the voice of the host, was none other than Jim Carrey. Was it really? Yeah. Have you ever played um, 52 Card Pickup? Mm, no. Okay. Remind me when we go to the um, the Belgium finale, we'll play uh, 52 Card Pickup. You'll enjoy it. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> Maybe that was what was in Pandora's box. Maybe. So we open on day three in Parga, and the box is gone. No one knows if it was opened, unless someone opened it. And there is an envelope at the breakfast table. They must choose two candidates who are lucky in the game. And Law thinks that it's going to be a casino game of some description. So they choose Alina and Bruno. And something that I noticed this episode, and I know Carl picked up on, they all seem to have sweatshirts with their names and the mole logo on. I don't know whether you noticed this. No, I didn't. There were at least four candidates who wore their um, their mole sweatshirts in this episode, including Bruno. He went home in it. Hey, it's better than Clay's Iverson's shirt with the the topless bicycle or topless biker lady on it. It is better than Clay's shirt, but also I immediately want one of those uh, sweatshirts. Please somebody hook me up because they were amazing. So if, if we as the unofficial official English language podcast for Dumol Belgi um could have any sway, it would be really nice to get those custom sweatshirts sent over. You know where we are. The shipping cost would be a nightmare for them. I wouldn't. I'd pay the shipping if I got that sweatshirt. If they want to send me the uh, the sweatshirt and make me pay the shipping, I will pay the shipping. Just send me the sweatshirt. And they all lament the loss of contestant Jill, and Christian says that he was very handsome. And they are driving to Zagoria, a mountainous area, and they arrive in the afternoon to find all their luggage and camping supplies on a plaza. And Papa Bear Gilles de Costa comes on the radio and says that they're at the foot of the Vredato Steps, 250 metres below where he is and the village of Vredato. And they're going to camp there for the night and have to bring the materials themselves. And in the past they would have used donkeys, but that's not allowed anymore, so they'll have to slug it all themselves. Not allowed anymore? What the hell? Yeah, it's almost like that was a convenient plot point to make the contestants carry two tents. <laughs> what would have been better is as soon as they get to the top, uh, Papa Bear Jill's just radios in and says, oh, by the way, they just reversed the law. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> yeah, they oh, they banned it yesterday. 
And then to the, tonight they just uh, held a meeting and they reversed it, realizing that was a really stupid law. Or I wonder if they banned donkeys from going on the trail because too many donkeys were being hit by balls and blocking the path. It's like, damn it. Well, look at all these. This is animal cruelty. We just have a bunch of, of passed out donkeys that can't get up all along this path to the top. I mean, I know that we love saying Demol Belgi is the best show on TV anywhere in the world, but this challenge, I mean, come on. Starting with the fact that any challenge where they've got to look at their own stuff is always fun. Then you add in the fact they've got a custom board game. Then you add in just random mini-challenges that are vaguely themed around Greece, I guess. I mean, the Sisyphus challenge is a bit tenuous, I'll be honest. He did not have to try and avoid boulders, he had to push them up the hill repeatedly. But this challenge, I don't know how they came up with it. And I know I say this a lot about Demol Belgi, but I've no idea where in their minds they thought, let's make people walk up 1,100 steps while carrying two tents on their backs and any sleeping bags or anything else they want. Oh, and also, let's just, I don't know, chuck yoga balls at them down the steps. And let's really mess with Bart psychologically. So they have two hours to get to the top, and only what they take for the hike, they can use at night. And Alina and Bruno get a board game with the steps on it, and will track the other's progress. Along the way, they come across challenges, and Alina and Bruno must decide who does what challenge. And only if they reach the top in time is the money earned. And also, any challenges completed can see their pots doubled by Alina and Bruno having a gamble. And their first gamble is whether to roll a pair of dice. If they roll five or higher, the group get five minutes extra. If it's lower, they get five minutes less. And they roll a five. And in their first challenge, Alina and Bruno must decide who would know Greek gods, three of whom are in front of the others in bust form. If they choose only one person to do the identifying, it's worth a thousand euros for the pots. If they choose two, it's worth 500. And if they choose three, it's 250 euros. However, if they make a mistake, everyone has to go back to the start. And they choose to assign this challenge to Law and Christian. And they can buy extra hints for 100 euros from their winnings. This Greek god was a pescatarian. Poseidon. No, Neptune. No, Poseidon. Poseidon's Greek, Neptune would be Roman. Come on, Saunders. Get your head out of your ass. So the first one is the goddess of love and beauty. Did you know that was Aphrodite? Yes. I know I'm kind of patronising you there. Of course, everyone knew it should be an Aphrodite. And Christian wants to buy a hint, but law overrules him. And the second one is music and poetry. And they buy a hint, which is Neil Armstrong. At which point, Christian starts singing What a Wonderful World. <laughs> that was the best. It's like, eh, it's either that or it's that Tour de France guy. <laughs> I mean, I know that I was in Houston a couple of weeks ago and therefore went to the Space Center. Obviously, it was amazing. Went to see the control center of the What a Wonderful World missions, apparently. But even I can work out the tenuous connection that is Apollo from that. It's not difficult. Yeah, like they could have said, it would have been funny though, it's like, yeah, he starts singing What a Wonderful World, and I could think is, yeah, man, remember that saxophone player who did steroids? Well, weirdly, um, because I went to Austin afterwards, that's actually where Lance Armstrong's from as well. So there's two connections to this challenge. It's a very common last name. Two Texan connections. And the final one is Tomorrowland, and they buy a hint, which is Dimitri Tivaios. Is he a cyclist? He is not a cyclist, although I did just Google this. He's apparently an electronic music DJ who goes by the name of Dimitri Vegas. 
Oh, it's such a helpful hint. It is a massively helpful hint. I mean, for two guys who have no fucking clue who that is, it's a really helpful <laughs> hint. Bruno and Alina can double the money with their dice. Six or more and it's doubled. Five or less and the money's lost. And because they're gambling with 200 euros, they decide to gamble. And Alina rolls a 10. And Doreen starts struggling about half an hour in. And she has good shoes. The next challenge is the giant. And they must defeat a gigantic man at arm wrestling. If it's one player, it's worth 1,000 euros. If it's two, it's worth 500. And if it's three, it's 250. And if they lose, they have to go back to the previous challenge. And Christian and Law can't be chosen unless everyone has been chosen for a challenge. And they choose Jolien and Doreen. The girls lose easily. That was the worst choice on how to pass that challenge. See, on the face of it, yes. But I will say, if they know that everyone has to be used once before they can use anyone again, then maybe you just throw one of the challenges to get rid of a couple of people. Yeah, but they could have, I don't know. That seemed like they were, they had a shot at it. You would probably have to throw one of the guys in there to, to at least have a shot. But then you would also miss out on Bart getting faked out in the next challenge, which is, you know, one of the greatest Belgian Bowl moments already ever. <laughs> the hike back costs them 12 minutes, and at the third challenge they have to choose someone to put a watermelon on their head while an archer shoots an arrow at it. And if they do it, they earn 500 euros for the pots. If not, the entire group has to go back to the giant. They choose Bart because he will be super tired and just stand there. Spoilers, Bart does not just stand there. Yeah, and then that was like, that, you're right, Michael, it was one of the biggest moments in Belgian Mall history because the archer missed and the arrow went right through uh, Bart's skull and the execution had to be cancelled for this round. You do realise we're not doing a fake recap right now, right? Yeah, and then... Uh, you know, just as he was, like, gasping for air, I believe his final words were, do you want to finish climbing up this hill, or do you want to find out who the mole is? And then and then he died. <laughs> I know we properly bagged on Bart last week for doing a really stupid move of, of claiming the €10,200 worth of exemption. And the fact that nobody's ever, ever, ever going to suspect him ever in a million years now. But, God, I hope Bart lasts a while. Because Bart is hilarious. He's a complete beta male. And it's very appropriate for the second episode of the season in Greece that he's a beta male. But he is so going to get bullied by everyone the longer he lasts. It's great fun. Because the reactions of everyone to Bart getting faked out with a piece of elastic being in the bow instead of the arrow were hilarious. Like, everyone obviously does not take him seriously, and it's wonderful. Yeah, because he still costs them 10,000 euros. Yeah, it's because of him that, at this point, they still are in the negative amount. Yeah, it's like, man, let's get another arrow through this guy's head. What other fruit do we got? But also, this is a very classic mole-style challenge, this mini-challenge. Is the bravery aspect of, you're going to be blindfolded, and a knife thrower is going to throw knives at you. That's happening quite a few mole seasons, is... That sort of one person gets isolated and gets to pick who does mini challenges, and one of them is a knife thrower is going to um, throw a knife at you as you stand with your back to the board while you're blindfolded. And actually, they just kind of come up to you and whack it on the board next to you. So, this is an absolutely classic adaptation of a mole challenge, but it's wonderful at the same time. And also, it means that we get to, you know, make lots of jokes about Bart, which is all we want on this podcast. Yeah. 
So, yeah, Bart eventually does it after crying like a little bitch. And his reaction to finding out that it was all a joke were, fuck you. Which, I'm going to spoil now, is going to probably be one of my most used pictures on our uh, on our group chat for a while. Because it's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, Bart's wincing is obviously our banner this week, because as soon as I watched it last night, I just went, yeah, this is our banner. There's not even a discussion on this. This is the banner. And Alina and Bruno can double it with a roll of 8 or higher. Bruno lets Alina decide, she gambles and rolls an 11. The final round is Sisyphus. He had to roll a boulder up a hill for eternity. The candidates, however, must do the exact opposite and jump over balls that are rolling down the mountain without leaving their area. One candidate playing earns 250 euros, two earn 500, and three earn 1,000 euros. And they choose Els and Salim, who are left, and also Subin Law. And if a ball hits any of them, they have to go back down to the archer. There are six balls. And they barely miss the first five. However, the last one hits else pretty square on, I will say. And the challenge fails. She had no chance of dodging it because Salim was directly in front of her. And they have ten and a half minutes to run from the archer post to the end. And there is 1,400 euros for the pot riding on it. And they reach the end, but two minutes too slow and earn no euros of a possible 7,000 for this challenge. That ball challenge was definitely something very moly happened there. Yeah, I would agree, especially as my two main suspects are two of those three people. Well, even the two people, Bruno and who was the other person? Alina. Alina, yeah. The fact that they chose three people for this task is also suspicious. So I think Bruno might be them all. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to keep on with Bruno being the mole, be my guest, Logan. I think you might be wrong. Yeah, maybe I'll use my switch. You can't switch him, he's already in your team. But, uh, yeah, because you think, well, if you're all trying to dodge the ball, maybe don't all stand in the same line. Like, don't have Salim standing directly in front of Els or let Els intentionally try to stand behind uh, Salim. Because that's exactly what happened as Salim jumped up and then Els like, oh, there's a ball now half an inch away from me. Good luck dodging it. And also, more importantly, the first person should always be shouting that there's a ball coming and what direction it's coming from. That's the whole yeah. point. There should be some sort of lookout system. Like a, like joggers on a narrow path. On your right. Yeah. So, an argument does begin over the choices of some challenges, but they set up the tents after they realise that it's absolutely peeing it down. And when they get to the campsite, Pandora's box greets them again. It's the exact same offer, 2,000 euros if it stays closed between 4am and 6am. Dire consequences and no money for the pot if it doesn't. And Else says she's really enjoying the experience, and she even had her first Red Bull. Yeah, what a crazy fucking game. I mean, some people go into the mall for life-changing experiences. Else went into it to have a first Red Bull. Man, imagine... She's just going to lose her shit when she tries some of Ingrid's crackers. And Salim is also wearing his mole jumper in the tent. And Julien says that people usually don't want to camp with her, so she's enjoyed the night and actually having company. She's going to have a tough time with this whole social distancing thing that's happening worldwide right now. Yeah, I was going to say, you can tell that this season was filmed quite a few months ago, because, you know, they definitely wouldn't all be sleeping in the same tent if it was filmed now. Maybe that's how it's spread through Belgium. That's why they have so many cases now. And they wake up on day four in Vredato, still not knowing whether the box has been opened, and go on a walk to the Vakos Gorge. Where the box was is now an envelope. Inside is an invitation to a wedding. 
And then we got all the wedding stories, including my favourite, that Else wrote a song for her husband and performed it at her own wedding. Because, of course, she did. Take a chance on me. <laughs> and they drive to Yoanina for the wedding. And the cows have hands-free swiping on the music system. For some reason, we get to actually see this. Didn't look very hands-free to me. Just furiously swiping, like someone desperate on Tinder. <laughs> Man, that's another industry that's taken a hit with coronavirus. It really is. People actually have to speak to each other before having meaningless sex now. What has the world come to? They actually have to build up to it. So, Gilles meets them at Georgia and Angelos' wedding. They need to split into teams... Four teams, aperitif, delicacy, dessert, and special acts. The aperitif team must be ready in an hour. The delicacy team get a little bit longer. The dessert team a little bit longer than that. And the special act needs to be ready for the very end of the uh, ceremony. The team aperitif, which is Elsin Christian, must build a nine-layer champagne tower using all 165 glasses. And if they can pour the champagne correctly in an hour without breaking any glasses, they will earn 500 euros for the pots. And they decide to build their tower with hexagons. Which is definitely a mole tactic. There is no way that that was not mold. <laughs> Els did a lot of damage in this challenge. Not going to lie, I think Elsie's my number one suspect now. And this isn't even me going, oh yeah, she's definitely my number one suspect like I did with Vidim. Because I don't really want to hide my suspects this time. I am very much leaning towards Else being the mole because I was thinking about this last night. If you look at the previous moles that they've had in the reboot seasons... They've all kind of been, not the same demographic, but they've all been very similar in ages. They've all filled a particular role. They've never had a really young mole, and they've never had a really old mole. Or old in mole terms. Mold. (laughs) So, if I were Jill, I would maybe think about someone like else who's a primary school teacher, so is quite innocent appearing at least. And she did a lot of damage this week. And there was a lot of stuff about her this week. Including the fact that she sang at her own wedding. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a similar thing like they did with uh, Elizabeth last year of having her sneak into uh, to sing a little bit or something. Maybe one of the three cakes had her wedding photo on it. That would be an interesting hint, actually. But we get the great moment when the first guests arrive and Christine says, everything's under control. And then just whispers to Els, nothing is under control. <laughs> Nothing to see here, people. But underneath it all, I am freaking the hell out. This is a fucking mess. (laughs) I'm going to have an aneurysm. And Else does break a glass, and the challenge is over for them. Pretty quickly, too. Yeah, oh yeah, it's super quick. Maybe she thought it was for good luck. Maybe she thought it was a Jewish wedding. Well, the thing is, when you show a Greek wedding, surely you've got to show plates being smashed and stuff. That's kind of the integral bit of a Greek wedding. Especially when they literally marketed this season by sending out mole plates to people that they had to break to find hints in. Yeah, I mean, it's cup, it's a similar thing. I mean, you still have, it sits right next to a plate. What she should have done is just grabbed it, smashed it, and went, Oppa! <laughs> and then the producer's like, well, you lost. It's like, no, 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 this is part of the wedding. That had nothing to do with the challenge of me building the <laughs> the champagne tower. But in a moment of beautiful visual irony, Gilles still provides them with um, a massive bottle of champagne, which is about 90% of the size of Christian. Like, that bottle is comedically large. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the visual of them trying to both 
pour it together because it's so damn heavy. And then the champagne just being shaken about all over the place. <laughs> like, I'm surprised things didn't end up much, much worse. They were never going to win that challenge, but also... I don't think that this was rigged against contestants, because obviously it's very possible to do a nine-layer champagne tower. Just, they did it so badly that it was brilliant. I cannot understate how funny this episode was, because that's pretty much all we look for with the Good Mole episode, is the comedy and being really entertaining. Both major challenges in this episode were really, really funny. They both had some delightful visuals, which it's all I can ask for in a show that has been going for, what, 22 years now, technically. Mm-hmm. So the next team is Team Delicacy, which is Bart and Doreen. And they must use a dog which has been trained to find truffles in a forest. And they have to choose the right dog using just a couple of tools, including food and a squeaky toy. And if they can find truffles and deliver them in 45 minutes, they will earn a thousand euros worth of pots. And they do badly and think they pick the wrong dog, which isn't a surprise. And Bart ends up just carrying him. But they do give him the correct command eventually, and he just starts finding truffles. And they actually ask for the English command for search, but she tells him the Greek, because that's actually what the dog will answer to. Can we have the English command anyway? It's search. (laughs) Can we have the English command for search, please? (laughs) But also, Bart could not remember it as well. It, It was like Praxi, I think it was. He kept saying proxy or taxi or something like that. Taxi. Yeah, some car drives up, and on the side of it is the words haha in Chinese. 100%. <laughs> or, or, or like a ball starts coming down in the middle of the park. <laughs> oh no, the dog didn't dodge it. He's gone. Where the, where the hell is my damn trouble? The truffle dog has gone over the rainbow bridge in the sky. And they deliver enough truffles to earn a thousand euros for the pot, and also a meal at the wedding. And Team Dessert, which is Alina and Law, have the most awkward challenge possible, which is finding the wedding cake. And they have two hours to find the cake in the bakery and transport it two kilometres through the town to the ceremony. And when they get there, they find out that there's three cakes, and they can earn a thousand euros if they deliver the cake with the picture of the correct couple on it. Well, would have been better for the dog show? The dog challenge is if there's the four dogs, like the one that could find the truffle, but one of the other dogs is actually like a drug-sniffing dog, so it just dug up like a bag of cocaine for the wedding. Opa! Opa! (laughs) This challenge is so awkward, because at best, you don't insult the couple. At worst, you give them a wedding cake with someone else's picture on it. Oh, I know what could have been really evil for producers to do is if one of the other cakes has the correct uh, husband, the correct groom, but it's the bride's sister. (laughs) (laughs) This challenge, on the face of it, was super awkward. In the end, was even more awkward because they picked the wrong one. Here's a cake with two good-looking people such as yourselves. Here's a stock photo on a cake. Feliz Navidad. Dairy Queen ran out of the soccer ball cakes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, we're in Greece. They can't get a blizzard here. <laughs> they can only get mass protest cakes. But yeah, they, they get a phone to contact um, Elson Christian to try and 
get a description of the couple, but Els is terrible at describing the couple. Doesn't Els wear glasses? She does, yes, but she was still terrible at describing the couple. Because obviously the, the three pictures were chosen to be reasonably similar. But if you've got someone on the phone who needs your help to describe something, you give them as much detail as is physically possible. It would have been better if the three cakes was made really easy. It's like one couple is Asian, one couple is black, and then one couple is white. But in the case of Els, it's uh, they have each of them have two legs. They have two arms with, I think, five fingers on each hand. I hope that narrows it down for you. Then Els could uh, could laugh it off by saying, "I'm race blind. I don't see color. Like I see what's inside." They're all green. They're aliens. This is a fucking alien wedding. Get out, get out. Oh no, we're abducted. It's lizard people. No. (laughs) They're not human. They appear human, but then they shed and show their true colors. (laughs) Dear God, help me. They tried to warn us that the lizard people were taking over. Help me, Alina. And then the phone disconnects. However, my favourite mini-challenge is saved till last, because they brought back one of my favourite challenges in the South Africa season, which was the Shoshalosa challenge, but in uh, Greek dance form. So Team Special Act, which is Jolien, Bruno and Salim, must dance with the local group after desserts. If they perform it correctly, they earn 1,500 euros. However, to earn the money, the couple have to pick the three dancers who do not belong. For each person who fools the couple, they earn 500 euros for the pot. Opa! And I think Salim knew as soon as he heard that rule that he was going to lose. So they were pretty much guaranteed to not get the full amount here. But I'm quite surprised they picked out Julienne, because she was quite good. Granted, we didn't see the full dance. No, but she seemed very confident. She seemed basically as confident as Bruno was. I think the second that Salim shouted Opa, he was instantly he was instantly noticed. I mean, obviously there's comparisons to the Social Loser Challenge here, which, spoilers, the bowl did take part in. But I'm wondering whether the mole didn't take part in this, but tipped the couple off. Because we saw the other six people laughing. So I'm wondering whether that may have tipped the couple off to one or two of the three of them. Because that's a really subtle sabotage if they did. Yeah, just point and laugh at them. Or even just wave as they came out. Because they've then got the excuse in the group of six of going, oh, we didn't know what the challenge actually was. Right. That would be a very interesting sabotage if they actually did it. So, they identify Salim and Jolien, but not Bruno, so they earn 500 euros for that mini-challenge, taking them to 1,500 out of a possible 4,000 for the overall challenge. And then Jill takes them to a table to talk about Pandora's box, and he interrogates them all. Nobody opened it on night three, but on night two, someone did watch over the box, and that someone was Law and Jolien. And they watched over it all night, but nobody opened it, and that earns them 2,000 euros of a possible 2,000 for the pot, 3,500 of a possible 13,000 for the episode, and 2,300 of a possible 22,000 for the season so far. Not bad. Yeah, they had a very good episode. It was a good one for them, at least. And then, for the second episode in a row, the person who was the least suspicious is executed. Yeah, pretty much. But also, Jill shows him what's in the box, which is an envelope with the name of the mole, and also everyone else. It's almost like I predicted it last week. Yep, you were right. 
However, what we didn't predict is that the names were a distraction to hide the true name of the mole, which was in a hidden compartment if you turned one of the sides around. Yeah, that would have been impossible to figure out. Yeah, that was a very sneaky thing to do, Mr. DaCosta. Papa Bear fooled us. Papa Bear's got tricks up his sleeve. Illusions. And he also announces that it's time for the second test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows the least goes home. Bart says that it's not easy taking the test for the first time. Elle says no one looked in the box, but Salim planted seeds of doubt to make people want to. Alina says the only thing that bothers her is that Jolien and Law kept watch, but kept his secret that they kept watch. Bruno says the wedding was mauled gigantically, and he says his mole was on the cake challenge. Christian says that Elsa is good at acting clumsy. He tried to keep her from the tower, but she still knocked it over. And Salim says the crucial mistake on the stairs was Doreen holding the group up. Jolien says that Bruno told her Alina wanted to gamble. And she got lucky, but could have lost them a lot of money. Law says that Christian is still at the top of her list. He was insistent on getting hints, even when he was sure. Doreen says that Bruno is her one suspect. It's a gut feeling after his actions with the giant mini challenge. And then Jolien, Law, Salim and Bart all get green screens before it's Bruno who gets the red one and goes home. And he's really not okay. No. And then Bart realises that two men have gone home, so women must be the stronger gender. Or the women are just stronger than Bart. Well, yeah. Bart is the definition of a beta male on Mole is great. However, a nice surprise at the end of the episode is that we end with our first diary of the Mole. And the box, what a disappointment, because I look forward to the serious consequences. I wanted to open the box myself if need be, but it was impossible. There's one good thing, no one found my name. No one knows who I am. So next week, there is rafting, a minefield, a sculpting lesson, and everyone gets drunk before a dangerous forest hides a minotaur. So, in our pool, Bruno going home means that Logan loses his first team member. However, because we're nice, he gets Bart. Yay! So basically, Logan's down to three already. It's great. Yeah, so your team is now Alina, Bart, Jolien, and Celine. And mine is Christian, Doreen, Law, and Else. All right, so my suspicions right now, Else is definitely in my top three, along with Salim and Alina. And I'm I'm reasonably sticking to what I thought last week. My suspicions are Else and Law at the moment, because I feel like they probably wouldn't choose someone who is kind of 30s-ish, like they have done the previous few seasons. Maybe, maybe Papa Bear is ageist. Maybe. But I feel like they're going to do someone super young or super old this time. And my eyes have been drawn especially to Else this episode, but also to Law. Because I feel like Law is still in the background just kind of sneakily doing things. Nah, she's going to be executed next round. Really? I think so. Anyone else you want to suggest might get executed? No. Okay. I'll put my eggs in one basket. Okay, that's nice of you. Um... (laughs) I don't know who's going to go next week. That's why I'm laughing about this, because this cast is so stacked, I don't want any of them to go, I'll be honest. I had this trouble last week, but they're all really good characters. Um, I feel like it might be Doreen, as much as I don't want it to go on. Purely because she was the only one who said she went all in on Bruno this week, which is a concern, unless she manages to pick the correct mole. Yeah, usually losing your... Ideally, you want if you're... Wrong, you want your suspect to go home. So have you got anything else to say? Nope. Okay. Thank you for listening to our Demol Belly Recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for the new small.
Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors. Or you can email us on contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at Logsukwaki, and I'm MJ Harmstone. And don't forget that myself, Anthony, and Michelle will be returning for the final episode of Hunted UK coverage this year on Sunday. See you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring. <laughs>